what's going on guys welcome back to a brand new episode of the bot talk for episode 31 we have Sawyer from Kodai it's going to be a good one let's just straight into it with the first question we ask all our guests on the show how did you discover reselling so I discovered reselling pretty much through friends in high school like I know a lot of people in this community did um except I would say it was never really big in my high school so the first like time that I started reselling is when I went for I think it was the second zebra drop on Adidas and at the time, I just wanted them for personals. I didn't really know much about how, like, the size and extent of the reselling community. But a lot of my friends at high school were were like, yo, those shoes are worth, like, $600. So I ended up selling them because, of course, to me at the time, that was a ton of money. And so I just ended up selling them. And then I started looking into reselling more shoes that were coming out and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. That is the typical origin story for a lot of people. Like you mentioned, a lot of people in this community find out from friends and then relearn about the resale market because like you said, you're going for a personal and I think anyone that goes for, let's say, $180 shoes, so Yeezy retails at $180 or this specific silhouette you were talking about, once you learn that it's worth $600, it's automatically like wearing a, a shoe worth $600. It's no longer $180 and you kind of realize that aftermarket and obviously that made you sell and that made you get introduced into the whole reselling market however how did you go from that to discovering botting so i started botting with supreme it kind of actually started um also in high school at the time of the supreme drops i had a um a coding class actually so i would pretty much just be sitting on a computer kind of bored because i had already learned coding a lot by then and so i ended up actually finding a Chrome extension Supreme bot because I knew pretty much nothing about botting at this time. I, I was just finding it impossible to get Supreme items manually. So I started looking into it. I found a free Chrome extension and it pretty much was able to get me about one item a week pretty easily. It was actually pretty good for a free Chrome extension. And then from there to learning about kind of like bigger bots that you download and stuff, it was pretty much just through searching on Twitter for wanting to be able to get because I wanted to be able to get more than one item per week. Yeah, definitely. I feel like Supremes is the go-to thing to bot with a lot of people. A lot of people that have came onto the show have said that they start with Supreme and they went into different sites and different platforms. And yeah, a lot of Chrome extensions are quite popular for people's first bot. They don't go straight to applications because Chrome bots also do seem a lot less daunting. Obviously, when you first get into botting, all the settings, all the delays, all the guides can be overwhelming. That's why people go towards Chrome extensions. But it's nice to know how you kind of got into botting. So we've talked about reselling, we've talked about your general start in botting. However, what were some of the contributing factors as to why you wanted to continue botting and reselling? Um, so I wanted to continue botting and reselling mostly because of the development factor. I I have a passion for coding and writing code and reverse engineering. And so obviously, you know, a lot of sites, Supreme, and pretty much every shoe site have some form of anti-bot or tr are trying to stop bots and i have always had a passion for trying to get around things like that so that's actually my main motivation i've never been personally super huge into the reselling although i do like the thrill of hitting a bunch of shoes on a website for me it has always mostly been about the development process of it in the reverse engineering yeah, that is quite interesting. Even some of the developers that do come onto the show do talk about the fact that there's a huge money incentive there when you go to reselling, but 
you just said that you're interested in the development and that kind of makes sense because if you guys didn't know Soya is the developer at Kodai so obviously investing in your interests and able to create a revenue stream from your interests is obviously going to be a path that you want to pursue versus going into different career paths however we talked about the fact that during high school you had already had a good amount of coding knowledge that's why you're in coding class and you had that free time how did you discover coding in general I started in the back of my fourth or fifth grade class when I was considered quote unquote advanced in elementary school math and they gave me a laptop to do Alex by myself on in the back. I finished that early always. And so one day I just decided to start looking up coding on YouTube. I don't really know why I did. But then, you know, just from there, I started slowly learning different things in coding. And like I would just show my teacher and they'd be like amazed that I was doing this in fourth or fifth grade. And it, I mean, it was all just really basic stuff at first, but I just basically slowly learned from there over the years. So one thing to dissect from your answer there, you did say that you were in the advanced maths class. Is academics one of the things that you have been good from from a young age? Is that something that's in your genes or have you just always been interested in learning new things? Because that seems to be a theme with your answers here. You're interested in learning about new things and contributing largely towards that? Um, I would definitely say that I have some good genes for learning. However, I would personally say I do get very lazy with actual required schoolwork. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of developers that come on here can attest to that. Academia does become quite boring at a time because A, there is no type of financial reward factor there if that motivates you or motivates people but on top of that it's not very suited towards what you want to do like if you're developing something at Coda if you're developing a program you know you're investing in your passion and interest so that's furthering your capabilities however with academia a lot of the knowledge that you're going to learn that you have to know for the academic schemes end up being information that you never use that's why some people get disinterested into it but it's nice to know a little bit about your childhood and how you were able to develop your academic skills however when you first got into coding and you learned that you had an interest in it what were some of the first languages you learned so initially initially when i very first started i was making um these things called the windows batch scripts i honestly have not used them since probably sixth grade and i'm not quite sure their exact purpose anymore but they i made basically they were like little command line apps like i could make little quizzes and stuff in them and then from there i went into learning a lot of basic web development like html css javascript and then i moved into backend with php and ruby yeah, so the progression was definitely there. You went from some of the more easier languages to learn. You identified that you had a passion for it and you would continue learning and then you progressed through those languages. Me, myself, I am not a programmer, so I don't have a huge amount of knowledge to call from. However, it does seem that there is progression there. You started off with languages that were simpler and then moved on to the more complex ones and you stayed at the programs that you are more interested in. So adding to that, what were some of the first programs you did make? So like I said, initially, it was um, basic command line, like quizzes and things, just things where you type in and answer to a question. It would give you some output or like some basic games. And then from there, it really moved into um, basic websites and stuff. I would just make websites for random things I thought about. Like I made a website for like a technology company I made up at one point. And then when I started to get interested in more like the security and reverse engineering, I would... Um, I made programs like when Pokemon Go came out, I was part of a team that reverse engineered and made those maps a lot of people know about and used 
where it would map out where all the Pokemon in your city are, and you could look it up and search different Pokemon and find out like the stats on them. Yeah, I definitely. I feel like a common consistency within your answer that you're intrigued by coding. You're intrigued by other people's code and reverse engineering it, and that kind of suits well with the role you have over a coder. However, it's one thing to be a coder. It's one thing to have a passion in it. However, when you entered the botting community and made your first Twitter and became a member of this community, how did you establish yourself as a programmer within this community? I actually didn't, like I said, when I learned about like larger bots besides like that free Chrome extension I was using, that was my dive as a developer was pretty much simultaneously happening as my dive with botting because I wanted a better Supreme bot. So I was looking up bots on Twitter and I was seeing these prices like $120. I didn't even know at the time that that $120 copy was sold out and there was a whole resale market. I just, at the time, could not even afford $120. So I was DMing these bots on Twitter saying, hey, do you guys need development work? Just because I wanted a free copy. And literally about three months after I sent a bunch of DMs, Candy Prem responded. And it was pretty much through Candy Prem that I reverse engineered Pookie like about two weeks after Pookie first um, was enabled in a stronger sense on Supreme. And established myself as a decent developer in this community through that yeah that is quite interesting just because of the fact that you wanted these copies you weren't traditionally like what a lot of users do these days just dming asking copy you were trading your skills that you know you were skilled at doing for the copy and essentially making a trade and benefiting yourself whilst benefiting the company like you said that brought you to your first one of your first employment opportunities at candy premium and that is something i did want to talk about what were some of the brands and companies you first worked with in the community so um the first one was obviously candy Prem. i loved working for candy Prem. it was a lot less work than working for a full aio less stressful and i'm good friends with the whole team so i worked for them for i think i think it was about six or seven months and then near the end of while i was working with them i also did some work for a cook group called live hype and then it was in about april of last year i started with um veritas i started the pookie slash ticket api which i still do and then the other one being obviously when i joined kodai after that yeah, when Veritas did come into the bot talk, he did mention your employment opportunity over at Kodai. He said he supported you with it and he allowed, he took on more work with the Pookie slash Ticket API in order for you to go off the Kodai. And that was one thing I did want to talk about. How were you contacted to work for Kodai and how was that like? So I was contacted to work for Kodai initially through the Pookie API, actually. So while I was running that, they reached out and they wanted to purchase it. When someone purchases my API, um, I like to talk to them pretty much regularly, kind of just about random things. I like to make friends with the developers in this community. You know, we can all learn from each other. So over time, just talking, eventually I made a joke about possibly working for them because I, I was working at Candy Prem and obviously Kodai was much larger and bigger. And so I made a joke about working for them and it over time it developed into an actual opportunity that I ended up taking yeah well it links to an idea that i do like to talk about with some of the guests where i feel like if you pick up 
loads of smaller roles not to say your role like can't be small at all but it's the idea of picking up loads of roles and gaining work experience within the community to try build a name for yourself and then also with your reputability and your skill set that can kind of contribute towards bigger opportunities and like you said you got given the opportunity to go work for Kodai now once you were recruited how were the early days like working for Kodai? I'm not going to lie, at first it was actually very intimidating. Like I said, I'd only been into botting websites for about six, seven months. So going from just one site to all of a sudden we have Shopify and then starting work on the foot sites and Adidas and then Yeezy Supply. It was a lot of work. It was um, probably about four times as much work like time-wise per week as Candy Prem was. And it was very stressful to me because obviously I felt like I had to prove myself for a while at first when I joined. But it was very fun. I've definitely learned a lot in that, that beginning time period going from one site to a bunch. Yeah, I feel like myself and the viewers can resonate with you there. When you move into a place where there's loads and loads of people that are known for being the best there, and it's a competitive market you can't feel intimidated and i feel like that is a good feeling to have when anyone joins an organization is because you kind it shows that you care about what you're putting out you care about your performance and you care about your position at the company it's good to know that once you join the company you had a good passion to stay there and obviously work for them to your best ability however what are some of the hurdles you first encountered when you first started working for Kodak? So it was very much an overload of information that I had to learn. I had to learn a lot about a lot of sites and a lot more about kind of bots in general and just like general releasing software like security and update procedures and stuff because at Candy Prem it was a lot more loose and free whereas there's more of a formal structure at Kodai. It was a lot of hours of sleepless nights of learning things that of course were I consider 100% worth it. It's been an amazing experience but it was just a lot of learning. Yeah definitely I feel like when you're going from a supreme bot to AIO there is a significant amount of information you need to learn. It's more sites you have to cater for. All these sites have different types of security measures. Some have less, some have a lot more and obviously it is a lot of information but I like what you said there it was worth it and it did pay off in the end. Now we've talked about Kodai. All the viewers know Kodai is one of the best bots in the community. No one can attest that. It has insane resale value that doesn't take away from its performance however recently you guys did start up the essentials and if you can go ahead and tell the viewers what the essentials is that'd be great so essentials is a toolbox program you know you have features such as the um, captcha account harvester that generates activities on your gmail so you get good captcha scores there's the spoof browser which does insanely well on sites like Yeezy Supply, where you essentially just want a ton of browser instances open. And then there's the virtual credit card generator and a couple other tools that are just convenience tools for pretty much botting, general botting purposes. Yeah, definitely. Two boxes are known to be something that a lot of botters do need, and all the companies that do supply two boxes do make a substantial amount of revenue because literally every single bot has some type of toolbox. If this, if anyone is botting and takes it somewhat seriously, you need it. It's just essential. However, <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. However, where did the idea come from to start Essentials like Kodai? So like you said, there are definitely other toolboxes in the community. The reason we wanted to start Essentials is because 
you know, we felt like there were features missing from some of these toolboxes, and we felt like some features that were in these other toolboxes could be done better, and so we wanted to do them better. And then the reason to um, separate it as its own product is because, obviously, like you said, all botters want a toolbox. While there's definitely incentive to keep AIOs um, super limited, we know that there's a bigger audience for the toolbox and not as much reason to keep it as limited. And therefore, we felt it should be a separate product so that it's not just exclusive to Kodai users or to the bot. Yeah, 100%. It's a very interesting idea. There isn't loads of competitors compared to like the competitors in the bot market. There is very, very few toolboxes in the community that I would consider well-rounded products. This is definitely one of them. This is the reason why I wanted to bring it up. And at the time recording this episode, it is fairly new. The release of Accenture hasn't been too old. How has the beginning of Accenture gone so far? It has gone extremely well. Like I said, on the Yeezy supply drops, we've been doing insanely well. And then along with the account harvesters, we've gotten a lot of feedback that people are saying they're the best account harvesters they've ever used. And then, of course, people love our virtual credit card generator. That's one of our most talked about features. So overall, I'd say it's gone very well. And of course, everyone loves our design for essentials. Well, that's amazing to hear, man. Bless you and the team. Obviously, the release has gone really well. I've seen loads of positive feedback on Twitter. And also, you're joining the competitive market. I personally feel like competitive nature is necessary for any type of market. I've tweeted about it before. Obviously, there is competitors out there, but good luck to all of you. You guys are killing it. You guys are creating well-rounded products. And I'm excited to see where you all go. However, we've talked about Ascension. We've talked about Kodai, your coding background, how you got into reselling and botting. Let's round off today's episode with the final two questions how has working for kodai affected your personal life so it's definitely had a major impact definitely pros and cons to it um so some of the biggest pros that um are good things that kodai has impacted in my life is obviously money i went from working at a uh, papa murphy's local in my city making 200 dollars a week or 200 dollars every two weeks to making a significant amount more that allowed me to quit that job and have a lot more free time and work kind of on my own schedule, which has allowed me to do a lot more in my personal life, travel more and things like that. And but some there's definitely been some negative things like time impact and stress. You know, there's a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of times where I gotta say no to doing fun things because there's a big drop coming up, but I'd say it's definitely all worth it in the end because like i said there's it botting in and of itself is a fun experience yeah definitely i'm very glad that you have balance i feel like some people that are developers in the community struggle with time management but based on your answer there you see the positive and negatives you understand this idea that i like to talk about called the trade-off that you know financial income and the fun of it sacrificed by leisure and fun activities but i feel like this line of work is significantly more fun than just going to a regular job like you mentioned you previously had now moving on to the final questions before we end off today's episode with a special event what has kodai have in store for the future so at kodai currently we're really looking to expand on the aio in our name we just recently teased two new stores that we are planning on releasing very soon and considering a couple more as well that's our main focus right now 
Well, the future for Kodai is looking very, very right. However, I want to move on to the special event part of today's episode. And essentially, this is going to be a rethuck of Kodai Essentials, the program we did speak about within the episode. So there's a link on screen right now, and this link will be available throughout the restock countdown and also my little explanation here. Essentially, that is part of the restock link however it is missing a little bit at the end of it and how you guys are going to figure that out is a series of questions are going to come up on the screen after the restock countdown clip and essentially you guys want to figure out the answers to those all those answers will be number based and essentially you want to put the answers to that all in one go at the end of the link so for example if these numbers all from all the questions were the answers you'd put that at the end of the link and you'd use that link to go to the website good luck guys